Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Oh my God! So today is uh, uh, April tenth, two thousand seventeen. It's my brother Kwame's birthday. I just called Happy Birthday just before I talk to you. It's uh, a couple minutes after twelve noon, midday. Uh, me and Onique, we are doing session five of Happily Ever After, and uh, normally we would clear, and um, you know so say whatever's on your mind. And I asked her, you know, how's the program going so far? And you went about five, seven minutes. And I'm like, you would have wanted to hear this six months from now or two years from now, what you just got finished saying. So I'm going to ask you again. You, you know, you can do whatever you want to say, but I'm going to ask you again. So what are you, you, you getting out of this program here? Because you're going to want to hear you six months and two years from now. So uh, Well, you know, what I said before is that uh, I'm much more conscious about my conversation with men and mm-hmm. You know, that consciousness leads to exactly what I'm hearing and exactly what I'm saying and how it's going to impact what, you know, that person over there. And um, just looking at how men are attracted to me as, you know, want to have a long-term relationship. And, and I'm just noticing how I'm reacting to them because I'm so responsible that I never got before, and I'm responsible for the emotions of the relationship, the tone of the relationship, the direction of the relationship. I always left it like the man is the leader. He leads this relationship, so I should just be feminine and just kind of flow with it, right? So mm. that's how relationships have been occurring to me, like let them lead. Like, okay, I just make myself available. However, that hasn't been giving me the results that I want, right? Because it's like, well, I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm like here. And they're like, well, you know, so now with knowing that I'm responsible for it, I'm more engaged with it wisely. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm listening to what they're saying, and I'm saying whatever there is for me. And, I, and I'm looking at the agreements to be made, the plans to be made, right? I'm making yes. sure that the commitment is there. So as I was sharing before, you know, this, this brother came up to me. He's been, he's been telling me that he's going to pursue me whether I like it or not. And he really likes me. I said, well, it's up to you, honey. You can go right ahead, but I tell you, I'm not interested. Right? He's like, well, I'm going to push you until you're interested. I said, okay, go ahead. Let's see the biggest one win, right? So, <laughs> so, so, you know, he's there and he's like, he wanted to take me up for my birthday. And I was like, ah, no, people get this, you know. So then he comes up and he's like, well, I still want to take you out to dinner, you know. I'm like, well, okay, I know at some point, you know, to interact with people get to know them, whatever, and so on and so forth. And I can practice this kind of dating thing, right? Talking to men and listening to them. I need a playground, right? So I said yeah. to him, I said, well, you know, you have a program that you have to finish. And I said, when you finish the program, you'll go out and celebrate it that you finish your program. He's like, okay. So last night we were supposed to go out, you know, finish his program. He said, well, I'm not finished my program. I said, well, we're not going out, right? So that's the beginning of it, like keeping your agreement. Yep. I said, when you finish your program, we'll go out. So the sooner you do it, the faster we go out. And, you know, in the past, yeah. I was in like, shit, free dinner, I'm out, you know? Let's go. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that impacts and that's allow me to break agreements in my relationship, don't let them keep their, you know, and these kinds of things. So I'm looking at that like, hmm, what have I been doing and what can I do differently now and see the results I'm going to get? So, you know, and, you know, I have a friend and, you know, we've been interacting. I started looking at the emotional tone and the emotion of this relationship and what it's been. And it's kind of been like, see you when I see you. Or I see you when you want to see me. Like, when you really want to see me, I'll make time to see you. This is the tone, you know? Yeah. And if you piss me off enough, I'm going to block you for a while until you're desperate. And then I'll be at your mercy and like, um, maybe I'll come, maybe I'll not. I'll leave you in suspense. Right? And that's been the game. Yeah. So, but just addressing certain things, like, do you have interest here? And he's like, yeah, I have interest. I said, well, you know, we have interest in things. We make time for those things and people that we interested in. Right? And he goes, right. mm, yeah. So with that conversation, sparking to call me after work. You know, you call me, hey, how's your day? You know, how was your week? And this is not something that we've been doing with each other for a while. Mm. But it was just so good. Just let him know I'm so happy to hear your voice. And I just miss hearing the tone of your voice. And he was like, really? I was like, yes. You know? So it's mm. like <laughs> me being a little feminine, girly, girly. It's like, yeah. okay, honey. You know? <laughs> it's like, woo! You know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I miss your voice. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. You know, I like to hear it. So, um, <laughs> and then like, Oni, did you just say that? You know, but um, it's just really communicating my feelings, my emotional tones, you know, like, and not hiding because I've been hiding that, how I feel like telling him, well, I need to hear your voice. It feels good to me. Like, you're going to use it against me, you know? Yep, yep. But, it's more feeding the relationship and, and, and feeding that emotional back. So that back is so full. So if anything, if I have to, you know, cancel something or reschedule something or whatever, I have enough in that emotional bank to withstand that. But right. if I'm not giving him these things and, and, you know, let him know how I feel and how much he needs me, he's thinking that I'm really not interested. And he don't know. So he's like, he's on the fence. So maybe I should look elsewhere because this is not interested in me really. Because she's not showing me nothing. She's not giving me nothing to say, well, yeah. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I like you. Yeah. So, and I've been waiting for him to give me, like, yeah, you like me? You want me to be around you? Like, huh? You know? Yeah. So, and his, you know, it's always been his thing that, you know, if something is out that I want, I would tell you. Uh, But he doesn't tell, he doesn't talk much. So Mm. I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to match his thing by not talking much. I'm going to communicate what's there for me and just keep doing that and just keep doing that and just keep doing that more and more. It becomes yeah. like my second nature to communicate my feelings. But right yeah. now, it's not. Right, right now, you're not going to know how I feel about you. Ask mm. my, you know, and that yeah. doesn't work in relationship. Nope. Right. Especially from the woman, please. Yeah. You know, so got it. So, um, you know, I, 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 when I was asking you, you know, what do you think about this program so far or, you know, how are you liking it? I was really more interested in, like, you know, you've been around a lot of different programs over the years, a lot of different companies. Like, you know, how does this fit in with that kind of, with those other programs that you've done over the years, you know, between PAX, Landmark, Scientology, uh, Personal Dynamics, you know, Mama Gina, whatever. Like, you know, how does this stack up with them is what I'm, what I'm curious to know about, you know? Well, yeah. well, what I would say is that, you know, pretty much they all say the same thing, right? You, you mm-hmm. know, it's all saying the same thing in, in a different, a different, using a different word or a different way to deliver the same message. Yeah. And it's not until this program that I'm actually seeing the impact, mm. right? 
seeing the impact because this program works well because I'm learning and I'm in the situation. Mm. So I can handle it much better. Because, you know, those pro- many of the time the program is, oh, you know, in a relationship you must do blah, 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 but you're not in a relationship, right? Mm. When that relationship shows up, you don't remember what you learned. What, what did she say again, right? Yeah. So it becomes <laughs> watered down. You forgot. How did, what am I supposed Am I supposed to make the agreement in the beginning? Or do I wait until I get to know each other? Like when, right? Whereas this program is in real time. Mm. There's a real, there's a person here that I'm with, and there's a person over there that wants to be. So it's like, yeah. whoa. So I'm, I'm like, I'm on the battlefield. This is a yeah. war going on, and there's, there's, um, I mean, you know, there's uh, ammunition coming towards me, and I'm firing <laughs> also, right? So yeah. it's like, here it is. I have something that said, well, okay, you want to win this thing? You got to do this. This is how you're going to shoot. Right, you gotta first hit your target, know what you're shooting, and then you know, then you shoot, but don't just shoot him because somebody's shooting back at you. Right. right? So I think that's what made the biggest impact is that of all the programs I was actually in I'm actually in present time in a relationship that needs to be handled in the moment. Mm. Because okay. then I can apply it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm and I'm asking this because um you know, I get the value of this program, you know, but uh, also because you've been around so many different programs, so many different companies, you know, like hearing your opinion about this particular program is, is, is important, you know, uh, to, to hear because, uh, you know, you might have some feedback and something I can improve on, um, you know, I don't know if it's my delivery, if it's, you know, something that I don't know what it is, you know what I'm saying? But if there's nothing there and you just, you know, liking it, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that as well. So I'm just, you know, checking in. I, I respect your relationship to uh, training programs, you know. So that's a big reason why I asked the question in the first place, you know. Not yeah. knowing it was going to turn into a rant, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for that too, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at how powerful is this program for you um, just so that I can serve you better. And if there's something missing, let me know so I can put something in. But right now it seems like you're so getting it, there's nothing to talk about except for keep going, you know. Yeah, I think, and I also think, too, the program works because I'm at the point of change, need of change. Yeah. But if the person is not at the point of need of change, it's just collecting more data until that time. Yeah. And I think one of the things for a person to be in this program is somebody who really is ready to make that change in their life. Because this is the yeah. point I'm at, in need of change, right? Yeah. And so I'm ready for it, and I'm willing to use it, and, and I, I'm looking for it. You know, before I wasn't looking, ah, well, God, yeah. relationships, well, Mm-hmm. Right, so um, so I think that's one of the criteria is for that. Then the other criteria is that if the person is not in a relationship at the time of this, of this uh, of this program, is for them to get out and start interacting with men. Yeah. Because they mm-hmm. have to get on the court so they can start applying it. Because without the application, there's no fully conceptual understanding. Yeah. Because it's like theory, 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 theory. But no application, like in Scientology, you have to you have to apply by one drilling it, you drill it, you drill it, you drill it, then you you do your practical. So I'm then a chance to <clears throat> drill it with you. You know, I'm getting yeah. to see it. I'm also just to drill with you. Like, hey, what should I say? Well, you know, right? Yeah. And you drill it, and yeah. then I get the practical because they're there. Yes. You know, my Peter is there, and 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 you know that these guys are in my life in in present time. Yeah. So I get to practice it and say, wow, ooh, this works. Oh, that don't work, you know? Yeah. So 
you know, so I think that's really what I'm seeing that how important it is for the practical of it. And that's one of the things that I like from all these other um, training that I've done. There was never the practical of it. I never applied it. I never mm. said, hmm, let me go tell them exactly how I feel. There's no yeah. attachment, you know? Oh, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Love it. All right, good. Enough about my ranting. No, it's, it's, it's excellent. You know, I might have to use a piece of it once in a while to put as a testimonial on some, some you know, have somebody edit a testimonial part out of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's something that you can implement. So for my program, by the third week, by the third session, you have to go on a date, create a date, go to find a stranger, some kind of interaction. Hmm. Okay. You have to. You have like to because it. otherwise it's just more data collecting. Yes. All right, so, I'm enrolled. I'm totally enrolled. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to start session five. Okay. And by the way, um, you're going to get a lot of value out of doing your personal life charter when yeah. you finally do your personal life charter. Yeah. You, okay, just saying. Because when you do the personal life charter, when we do the session six, matter of fact, we're not doing session six until you do your personal life charter. You're just not going to get the value out of it. You'll love it a lot, but really, you, you got to do, do your personal life chart, all right? Okay. Okay, great. All right, so now, uh, the top five problems with relationships is not knowing who you are, not understanding gender differences, not managing emotions, which is a big one for you, structural and other breakdowns, which is another big one for you, and now, today, the fifth biggest problem, miscommunication. I get a kick out of that because people think, you mean communication is not the biggest problem? That should be number one, shouldn't it? No, it's number five because these other four problems is what adds to miscommunication. So if I talk about miscommunication without having these other things in the place first, it won't land the same way. It just won't. So here we go. So why miscommunication is such a problem? Why miscommunication? Just because you said something doesn't mean anyone else understands it the way you do. Let me say that again. Just because you said something doesn't mean anyone else understands it the way that you do. It doesn't matter how many times you say something until it's said in ways that cannot possibly be misunderstood. It's possible for someone to misunderstand it. <laughs> you want me to say that again? Oh, you got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Say it again or you got it. You got it. I got it. Okay, good. So, for example, let's say you're selling your home and you have 10 different uh, couples uh, checking it out. You ask them how would they set up their living room, the furniture, electronics, artwork, et cetera. The odds of any of them saying the exact same thing in, in, as any other couple is about zero. They'll each have a unique view of the space, have different tastes, comfort levels, etc. These things will make them view the place and design the layer of it unique from everyone else. Communication is exactly like that. Everyone has their version of dog or home or romance or love or whatever. Heck, the five love languages is enough of a disruption to make communication difficult if you don't know uh, about them and uh, you you don't have the same love languages as your partner. This is not a problem unless you expect people to understand you, 
the way you want it to be understood. You have to make people understand you as intended because they won't be able to do it without your help. It's not that they don't want to. They can't do it without your help. Why? Because they're not in your head looking at the images you're looking at or feeling as you say what you say. So how do you deal with this issue effectively? By listening. (laughs) I know it's simple, by listening. You do the listening so that you can notice what they do and don't understand about what you're saying and make adjustments until what you say is impossible to misunderstand by your partner. Does that communicate? Uh-huh. Okay, good. So, first part is, it's easier for you to understand 100 people than it is for you to get even one person to understand you. It's easier for you to understand up to 100 people, as many as 100 people, it's easier than it is for you to get make even one person understand you. It's 100 times harder to make somebody understand you than to understand other people. Most people don't listen. If they don't know how to listen, they'll never or almost, almost never be able to understand you. Waiting for someone who doesn't know how to listen to become an effective listener is a lot like waiting for a five-year-old to move the car out of the driveway. You just don't know how. Making them wrong is not going to help them become a better listener either. In addition, they don't think you'll listen to them because no one else does. Why should they listen to you? Mm. Say that one again because I I, I see that. Go ahead. Say that one again. Yes. In addition, they don't think you'll listen to them because no one else listens to them either. Why should they listen to you? Mm. You're You're walking around in a world where nobody's listening to nobody. So that's why you got to understand them and have them have the experience of being understood and listened to, and then they'll start listening to you. Because they don't think you're listening any more than anybody else is. Who are you? You ain't no different. All the humanities, nobody's listening to me. I'm talking, and anybody really can understand me. <laughs> right? And so they don't know how to listen, and you ain't listening. They, let, me, let me back it up. They don't know how to listen, and don't nobody else around them know how to listen. So they don't expect that you're listening anyhow. So, of course, communication is going to be all over the place. Why should they listen to you? How do they listen to you? Even if they want to listen to you, how are they going to learn? Because ain't nobody else doing it. They live in a world of no communication, misunderstandings, lack of listening. Make sense? Mm-hmm. I really got that you got that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you're walking around and you can see it now. It's tangible. It was like before, you know, you didn't know what electricity was, but now you know. And now you can't, you can't even hide from it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you listen to others 
not 99%, 100%, they will experience being listened to, then respected, honored, appreciated, and in many cases, shocked. Let me say that again. If you listen to others 100%, they will experience being listened to, then they will experience being respected, honored, appreciated, and in many cases, shocked. What that does is make them want to return the favor. If only so, you'll continue to listen to them more often. Also, you'll be demonstrating how to listen and teach them how to teach others how to listen from your example. Okay. Make sense? One of the things I love about listening to people fully is they all of a sudden, they want to talk more. <laughs> but they're also willing to listen to me. Yeah. Be- because they're like, hey, he listened to me. I can listen to him. I need to find out why he's listening to me, if nothing else. If no other reason, they'll do that. So, mm-hmm. now, the biggest causes of miscommunication in relationships. There's not that many. But they're significant. Because if you don't know what they are, then you don't know how to overcome them. If you don't know how to overcome them, you'll feel like it's unovercomable. So here they are. Not knowing who you are. Mm-hmm. Lack of understanding of gender differences. Mm-hmm. Structural and other breakdowns. Being controlled by their emotions. A misunderstanding of context. And a lack of knowledge of how to listen, even though everyone has the tools to be able to listen, skill set. you got the skill set, but you don't know how. don't have the knowledge of how to listen. Those are the main problems with communication. Those are the main reasons why we have miscommunication, the, main, the biggest causes. So here's the impact of miscommunication. I really want you to get how bad it is. <laughs> You know what I'm reminded of? I'm gonna stop for a second. You know what I'm reminded. You know what I'm reminded of? Uh-uh. Our remember our four hour arguments. Oh yeah. You remember those? Nope. Uh, I'm gonna remind you. You remember? You remember them? So we'd have a dis- we'd have a disagreement, and I would stay in the conversation until you said, "Oh," but you had to go through four stages. So the first stage you would go through is um, denial. I didn't say that. What are you talking about? For an hour. About. Then the second stage you would go through would be discrediting me. You'd be trying to smear, doing a smear campaign on what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then the third hour, you'd be trying to fall asleep to end the conversation. You didn't want to be in it. And then the fourth one, you'd be making me wrong for not letting you go to sleep. And then I would say something when you finally got out of that one, and then you'd be like, huh? And then we'd have a real conversation about 15 minutes. And then that would be it. And the reason why I would go and hang in there that long is because I was like, if I cave in anywhere along this conversation before the end, we're going to have it again. I was like, no, I don't care how long it takes, as long as this is the only time we have this particular conversation. That's why I would hang in there. But I had to listen to you so I could get to the bottom of it. You remember now? I remember, but I'm just trying to think. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm just, I just try to think about um, the smear campaign to discredit you. Yeah, you'd be like you nitpick what I was saying. 
That was the second stage. Mm. You know, I would say something and you didn't like the way I said it, so you'd be like, no, that's not what I said. And you try to minimize what I was saying around that for about an hour. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sharing it because it was such a lesson for me. It was such a, such a lesson. And, um, mm. And uh, hold on a second. Yeah, so. Yeah, too hot for me, man. Sorry. <laughs> a little less hot, I'd like it better. Um, my man Nigel just offered me to taste something that like, tastes like the, mm. uh, um, I don't know if it was a salad dressing or something. It tastes good, though, but just a little too hot for me. All right, anyhow, back to you. So um, I had to listen long enough for you to be willing to listen to me. That's the reason why I brought that up. And I look back on it now, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to it. You know, I'm enjoying the memory, but at the time, that was some harsh shit, you know. But it taught me, you know, how to listen, you know, above and beyond the actions, the power, and the power to create, you know. Just like... I really need to get to the bottom of what's going on so we can actually have a real communication in the relationship. You know, I I don't think you took anything personal about what I just said at all, but uh, in case you did, don't. Because <laughs> that wasn't a purpose. But, um, and I know you're not that anymore because, you know, at one point you was like, hey, um, what was that thing I used to do? And I told you, and then um, that helped you to actually stop it, you know. But, um, yeah, that's what happens if you either don't know who you are, don't understand gender differences, can't be with breakdowns, um, don't manage emotions, uh, don't understand the context or misunderstand the context or want to change the context, right, context, or lack of knowledge of how to listen. So, so what happens is when those things get in the way, here's the impact. Here's the impact. The impact is it creates loneliness, oh, my God, loss of trust, defensiveness, judgment, anger, confusion, invalidation, sadness, shock, but not good shock, breakdowns of every sort, disappointment, resignation, jealousy, alienation, and all other forms of emotional pain. At the impact of miscommunication. Painful. You get in the list, I promise you. I'm emailing you the list. Now, here's the value of effective communication, and then we're going to talk about how to create effective communication. So, um, you sound distant. What's going on? No, no, I'm listening. Okay, okay, just checking. Okay, good. All right, so here's the value of effective communication. Here's what you get out of effective communication. Clarity, workability, synchronicity, love, intimacy, cooperation, understanding, increase in knowledge and effectiveness, fun, satisfaction and fulfillment, validation, growth, teamwork, excuse me, teamwork and partnership, results, 
accuracy, happiness, joy, among other things. So here's one of the things that you need to know when it comes to communication, to be effective in communication. If people are repeating themselves to you, you haven't listened to them 100%. Mm-hmm. Listening 99.99% is the same thing as listening zero. It's pregnant, not pregnant. You can listen in 100% or expect to fail as a communicator. What did you just do to your phone? I don't know. Um, okay. I had to turn my volume down. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'm like, I didn't do nothing. I'm too busy looking at the screen. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to listen 100%, which means they need to have the experience of being listened to. Um, does, that, does that communicate? Mm-hmm. I told you about the story about my dad. Um, mm-hmm. It was my vivid share. You, you heard me say that a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me that damn story and... And then I listened to him, and then he stopped telling me after he told me it every day, uh, once a month for 22 years, and he stopped telling me for the rest of his life after I listened to him. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what taught me this. He taught me that. Did not know that that's what I was doing. But how somebody go from telling you the same thing 22 years to not telling you again for the rest of his life for the next eight years, <laughs> I mean, he had the experience of being listened to. No need to tell you anymore because I heard you. Mm-hmm. So... The other part is one of the things that makes challenge, makes it challenging to uh, have effective communication is the emotional triggers. So a couple of, couple of you know sessions ago, we talked about emotional triggers, and um, so here's how you eliminate emotional triggers, either for yourself. Well, I'll start with you. So the first one, uh, in order eliminating emotional triggers from unfulfilled expectations. You know, you're going to have unfulfilled expectations from time to time until you realize you had an expectation. And you're like, oh, I had an expectation. That means I didn't have an agreement with somebody. It means I'm overthinking on my own. That doesn't work. Don't have any unfulfilled expectations, Tony. Stop. Special stuff on the hand, right? So, but in order to eliminate that, the first thing is don't have any. Just well, don't, have, don't have any unfulfilled expectations. Yeah. Oh, you need unfulfilled, but if you have a, if you have agreements, then you would have expectations. Well, an agreement is not really an expectation. An expectation after an agreement is really the agreement. <laughs> you you have every legitimate reason to be upset if you had an agreement and the person didn't keep the agreement. But an agreement right. is not. But agreement is not an expectation. Well, wait a minute. If you agree to something, if I agree to be here at 1 o'clock, I would expect the person at 1 o'clock. Okay, you can use the term expect, but it's really a promise. Right, but then you're saying, okay, because that's, you know what, that's one of the enemies that I always had from, from Landmark. Unfulfilled expectation, yes. right? Unfulfilled expectation. Yes. So listen. How could you go to, go ahead. You could, uh-huh. Okay, great. You could use the term expectation when there's an agreement in place. That's fine. Right. right. That's fine. But what I'm saying is 
it's not really an expectation. It's a promise that you receive from somebody else. It's, a, it's an agreement. It's a promise. It's not really an expectation. So it's how I define expectation. An expectation is an agreement you made with yourself, but you didn't tell anybody else about. Wait a minute. An expectation agreement you made with yourself, but you didn't tell the person about? Right. That's the expectation that Lamar talks about in the unfulfilled expectations. They don't say it like I just said it. But that's how it lands. Like, I expected him to call me. He didn't call me. But he didn't say he was going to call you. But you expected him to call you because you wanted him to call you. That's an unfulfilled expectation. You made an agreement with yourself that he was going to call you, but you didn't include him in the agreement. And they got mad at him for not calling. Does that communicate? Well, that communicates. So, <laughs> so that, that's, that's the unfulfilled. That's the un, okay. That's the unfulfilled expectation is that you have an agreement with yourself, but you didn't tell the person you expect this thing from them. But right. you have it. And if you don't get it, then it's unfulfilled expectation. Right? right. Yes. Good. Now, if you say, um, listen, um, I don't like talking on the phone very often, but I will call you at least once a day during my lunchtime, right? Yes. yes. So you expect him to call you around lunchtime. Yes. So there's no unfulfilled nothing. There's nothing there because you expect him to call you around lunchtime because, yeah, I had this conversation. I had this agreement. I'll call you around lunchtime. Yes. Correct? Yes. That's the difference between expectation and unfulfilled expectation. There's an expectation, but he don't know that you want him to call you um, in the evening after work, right? Yes. So you were unfulfilled. He didn't call me all day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a broken promise, though. Broken See, now, okay, but, okay, so what is an expectation then? You expect something, something. to go a certain way, right? But see, when you make an agreement, you can take that agreement to court. That's not an expectation. That's an agreement. Agreement is a completely different state of mind than an expectation. Now, you could use the term expectation, but you're using the term expectation inside of a promise when you made the agreement with somebody. There's a promise. You can use the term expectation. It fits. I mean, you know, people use it, so keep using it. But in reality... An expectation is really something that you have in your mind that life is going to go this way, even though you're the only one that expected it to go that way. Like gambling to some degree, kind of like you expect, you know, to win some money. So then the bottom line is, so again, expectation is something that you have that the other person has no idea about. Yes. It's still, otherwise, so otherwise, it's just a, otherwise, it's just an agreement. That's right, because an expectation is something like you expect in a relationship that you would have sex with your partner. It's an expectation. Right. Right? right? That's right. an expectation. Couples have sex. Yes. Right? Expectation. Yes. Couples, you know, once you decide to get married, you're going to abide by the rules. Uh, the right. agreements, whatever. That's the expectation. I expect you to go to work and come home every night and be in bed. Right. Keep with me every night as my husband, right? Expectation. 
We didn't have to talk about it, whatever. It's just an expectation you have. I expect for you to live happily ever after, blah, blah, blah. Right. An unfulfilled yep. expectation now is I expect my husband to come home every night, and he doesn't come home for two nights. This is an unfulfilled expectation. Yes. Because, right? Yeah, especially if he didn't make the agreement. Y'all didn't have that discussion. Again, you're going back to expectation and unfulfilled expectation. Because according to Google, an expectation, right? Mm-hmm. See, this is, the MU, this is one of the biggest MU I had in Landmark, right? Yeah. And every time I hear that freaking word, unfulfilled expectation, I go to sleep, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a MU, right? MU knocks you out, right? Mm. So I believe, so an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or to be the case in the future, right? Or yes. a belief that someone will or should achieve something. Yes. Right? It doesn't, say, it doesn't say anything about agreement in there. Right. So it's an individual thing. Expectation is an individual thing. Right. Right. So when, so when that individual thing, thing does not get fulfilled you have unfulfilled expectation because nobody knows about it but you and you fall apart because it didn't get fulfilled and you just are the wreck because you have this expectation that nobody knows about right so So expectation yeah so when you're dealing with somebody and you make an agreement and they don't keep their agreement you could say you expected them to keep their agreement, but that's inside of the context called agreement, which uh-huh. was a discussion, uh-huh. which ended up getting broken. There's no expectation there. It's bigger than expectation. It's stronger than expectation. It's a promise. It's an agreement. Uh-huh. Expectation is less than an agreement. Expectation yeah. happens without the agreement part. Once you put an agreement in, we use the word, oh, I expected you to do this. You said you would, so I expected you to do it. Right. But you can use that term, but that's not really accurate. I, you said you was going to honor your word. You didn't honor your word. Expectations don't really belong in that sentence, though you can use it, and everybody's going to go along with it. Right, but it don't belong there. It's an agreement. Right. An agreement is not an expectation. Right. Agreement, an, an expectation is a... Uh, is a um, imitation agreement by the person who made the expectation with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> because the expectation is all you. It's an individual thing. It's right. you. Right. You expect them to keep their word and all. I expect you to be on time. Right. Okay. You didn't ask me. To, you didn't say that. We didn't make an agreement. So if I didn't make an agreement, you can't hold me to nothing. What are you going to hold me to? Well. Uh, Now, um, yeah, so I'm not going to go there. All right, fine. So, so, yeah, so when it comes to romantic relationships in business, business uh, customers have expectations. And mm-hmm. they don't necessarily make the agreement with the business. Right. But, the business better, but the business better know what the expectations of the customers are or else they're going to lose their customers. And the customers ain't going to say shit. He's going to leave. Right. Because they don't have the, the the customers don't have the opportunity to make agreements with the 
with the business because they're not there with the setup of the business, the strategy sessions, the business plan, none of that. Hiring, firing, not, they don't have any access to that. They either get what they want or they leave, and that's how that goes with business. In romantic relationships, a little different. Be clear, damn it, because you're both you're, you're dealing with each other. You're depending on each other, really. So, anyhow, so that's that. Don't have any expectations. Make agreements instead. That's right. That's right. That's right. No expectations. Right. So, and if you can't make an agreement because that person isn't available to make an agreement, instead of having expectations, just shift your, your expectations to desires and preferences. What do you mean by that? Well, so, so in other words, I expect this, he's going to be here at 3 o'clock. Instead of it being like, I, you know, I really wish he would be here at 3 o'clock. That would be nice. I desire him to be here at 3 o'clock. If you're not going to create an agreement, take down the tone of your vision for the future from expectation to desire. Like, I wish, I'd like. You didn't make any agreement with him. So you hope it goes the way you want it to go. But since he didn't make it, he didn't make an agreement. He has no idea he's going to show up whenever he shows up. Hopefully, he'll show up when he does. When he do, but you can't get mad at him if he don't. Just be happy that he showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which means you want to be clear in communication. So you have very few times where you have to lower your um, promises to um, unfulfilled expectations to get triggered by those, or you know have to say, okay, well. He didn't make an agreement, but I sure hope he does what I want him to do. Right? So it's like, it's just disempowering. But it's better than getting angry because your expectations didn't get fulfilled. And then you beat up on him, and he don't even know why. Because well, he didn't make an agreement. Exactly. Like I said, I expect him to take to hang out with me for the holidays because that's what couples do. I expect that. But we had no agreement to go out for the holidays. Right. <laughs> right. So what you just communicated is something that I refer to as, uh, and I learned from conversation with God and other books, mental modeling. The model, so, so in, in conversation with God, uh, God tells Neil, nobody does anything wrong given their model of the world. That was a mind-blowing statement when I first heard it. I do my best to live from that. Nobody does anything wrong given their model of the world. So if your model of the world isn't working, then you help them shift your model of the world rather than making it wrong. So Say that again? Wait. What is it saying again? I said nobody does anything wrong given their model of the world. Okay. Okay. Now, if somebody's doing something that doesn't work, they're still thinking they're doing the best they can in their own best interest. They think that's the best they can do because they're doing, they're operating truth in the way the world looks to them. So one of the best ways to do things is to help people get a new view of the world. And then they will start taking new action based on this new view of the world. So you help shift their mental model. Yeah, that's why on SRD there's a thing called a new world. Hmm. Say more about that. There's a process that you run when you get close to the end. Yes. 
It's a call. It's called Open Your Eyes, A New World. And they close okay. your eyes, open your eyes, a new world. So when I did it, they get a chance to create a whole new world for themselves. Mm. Got yeah. it. Okay. A new world, the new world, yeah, a new world process. That's what, you know, people who've been doing things in, in their own world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a new world. Okay. I wanted to do it, but I guess my CS didn't feel that I needed that. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. A new world. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, cool. So, uh, mm-hmm. getting back to this heavy-duty stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so in order to eliminate the emotional triggers, uh, you know, unfulfilled expectations, having expectations, first off, don't have any. Second off, shift your, your expectations from expectations to having desires. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then observing how your desires are a match with reality. Um. That means altering your mindset, actions, agreements, structures, etc., until your desires are a match with reality. The best way that's going to happen, really, is by making agreements so that you're both on the same page about what's going on. But if you don't have opportunity to have make an agreement and you have some desires about something that you didn't get a chance to talk about, then you want to look and see how your desires are working in connection with reality. So you could still be peaceful, calm, and then you could be like, okay, I'm going to have to be in communication in the future. I did not do that now, but I will in the future. So I'll give you an example of what I mean is that um, when my daughters was young and I was still with their mom, um, we used to make agreements. For the biggest agreement I made with my kids was I was never going to give them a hard time about something that they had nothing to do about. I was never going to be mad at somebody else and then take it out on them. Promised them that I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, I promised them I was always going to do the best I could, and until uh, until I stopped hanging out with them, I always did. I gave them my best. I did my best like that, you know. And um, and then so I also had another agreement with them, and the agreement was that um, if they did something that was not cool, but we never talked about it, they got a free pass. So we never talked about stealing, but they stole something. Free pass once. Mm. Mm. Right? So, I mean, I'm using stealing as a strong suit, but, um, you know, like when this, when this conversation I'm about to share with you first came out, um, it was with um, uh, my daughter, who, uh, my oldest one, who was given a substitute teacher a hard time and got in trouble. Mom had to go to the school because uh, she gave the teacher such a hard time. They called mama because of that, right? So, you know, my conversation was, you know, we never had this conversation before. You didn't know to not give the teacher a hard time. So, okay, no problem. You didn't know. Now you know. So you got to pass first time. But here's the deal. I I tried to explain to her all the things about why it doesn't work to do that. And I guess I was taking too long. I wasn't as cool as a speaker as I am now. And so after about 15 minutes, she was still trying to deal with what I said. Huh? <laughs> so I said, okay, you didn't get that, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Whether you get what I'm saying or not, what I'm about to say, don't matter. This is how it's going down. You can understand what I'm about to say, or you can not understand what I'm about to say, but it's still going to happen anyhow. So here's the deal. 
in the future, anytime you do something that we didn't talk about, no problem. We'll just teach you. We didn't teach you, so our responsibility would teach you. The first time, the next time you do it, you, you know, it's not cool. We're going to have to have a talk about it. But if you do it again after that, no talking, just butt with it. That's it. I'm not even going to talk to you. Most of them I say is, come here, Nicole. Other than that, just butt with it. You get lightning first. No, you get thunder first, then lightning. Right? So you got, you got a free pass. Next time it's thunder. Then after that, lightning. You understand that? So here's the deal. You either go to school, give everybody a, you know, a hard time. No, you either go to school, be good with the teacher, get some assignments, come home, do your homework, eat, go to bed, have fun. Or go to school, give the teacher a hard time, you find out about it, you come home, you get your butt whipped, you get to eat the dinner, and then you go to sleep. You choose. <laughs> that was an agreement. <laughs> she did not give the teacher a hard time no more. <laughs> Had to make an agreement because, you know, we're responsible for her training. No problem. We're happy to do that. But if we didn't do it, we can't get mad at you because we didn't talk about it. We're going to get mad at you for that. You didn't know. But the next time you do this, problem. The second time you do that, death. <laughs> and that's how that went. You know, because, hey, we didn't make an agreement before, so I'm going to get mad at you for not making an agreement. Nope, I ain't doing that. Why should I? Stupid. And I never did. And so making agreements. You, gotta, you know, you have to communicate your expectations to the people you have expectations about or expectations with your partner. Mm-hmm. So make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I think you get a lot out of this, and I'm glad. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm I'm listening because it was an agreement, plan, commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. We're actually going to talk about that stuff next. See in a minute or in a couple of minutes. So, here's a powerful tool that you can use when dealing with people who trigger you around this stuff. Because if you get triggered in communication, then you can't communicate clearly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so a powerful question to ask to use in this, in this situation is, what must that person be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? Okay. You heard me say that before? Yeah, say it again. Well, what, what? What must they be thinking that made them feel that what they just said or did was okay? So you got to actually be walking around in their head. My sister taught me that question by accident. She didn't teach me that question, but I had to learn that question in order to get along with her again. Because, you know, I told you about she stole the money, right? Uh-huh. I was so pissed off, I wanted to kill her. And it took me about six or seven weeks to calm down enough for me to say, hey, I think she's more upset than I am. So let me find out what's going on here. And so we had a conversation. It was um, the last day of my ILP in, in 2000. Never forget. September 22nd, 2000, the day before her birthday. Last day of my ILP. That was a particularly 
spectacular day because I got my last guest for the program. I got my last guest to meet my measures on the last day of the program. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. He only stayed for an hour, but he was a guest. Count it. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I was already on staff already, though. It didn't matter, but it did matter because I wanted to complete successfully. Anyhow, um, so I was like, so I got to ask you a question, Peace, because it sounds like, it seems like you're even more upset than I am. So let me ask you this question. What was you thinking that made you feel that taking that money, taking mommy's money from me was okay? And we ended up talking for about an hour and a half. She did most of the talking. So for the first 15 minutes, she was not going to really respond very much because she didn't think I was going to let her talk because I've been a bully her whole life. So it took about 15 minutes for her to realize, oh, well, maybe he kind of made me trustworthy a little bit. So she started telling me some stuff about our childhood that she was still pissed off at me about. And then about a half hour beyond that, right in the middle of this conversation, she was telling me, she was like fever pitch anger. Her voice wasn't like screaming, but she was like in make wrong mode like you wouldn't believe, man. <laughs> For about an hour, she told me everything that she was mad at me about since we were kids. She said even three things that, had, that, that wouldn't even happen. It wasn't even true. But thank, but thank God I didn't, I didn't argue with her or dispute it. You know what I said for like most of the whole conversation was? Wow. Really? Wow. What else? Really? What else? Wow. What else? Oh, I didn't know that. What else? Anything else? I did not shut it down, so she felt safe. I don't have to say it. And she emptied herself out in that conversation. I didn't trust her when she said that was all there was. I asked her for another 15 minutes to check in. And then when I was clear that she really was clear, I left it alone. Two months later, she did the landmark form. Hmm. How is he, just? She's okay. She's hanging in there. She's uh, Her passion is around money, making money, learning about money, mastering money. Um, she's taking on being a coach or a consultant for finances, like a financial advisor. Mm. She's, she's, you know, present. She's uh, connected to uh, Bitcoins and um, um, Strawman and, you know, stuff like that. Being completely free from the government's control, that's her passion. She's been studying that for years now. She needs, she needs, she needs, she needs to give me a call because I'd love for her to come and do a seminar about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Serious. Will, I'm serious. I will do that. I'd love oh. for her to come and do a seminar on you know, people and their finances and how to be in control of it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So anyhow, um, yeah, I... Uh, you know, use this question. I'll tell you to use this question when you're dealing with conversations because that way you'll be able to start thinking about what's their mind look like, what's going on in their head that's having this conversation be so hard. Yeah. You don't have to ask them. You could, but you don't have to ask them. You ask yourself and then keep your eyes open. That's usually the best way to do it. So when I'm coaching, I'm over there asking myself that same question to some degree or not. I'm not actually asking for it anymore. I'm looking for that answer. That's That's a 
constant state of mind for me, constant um, operating state for me when I'm talking to people. What must they be thinking to make them feel that what they just said or did was okay? I'm always fascinated by that question. It gave me my sister back. As a matter of fact, after she did the landmark forum, she apologized to me for sabotaging me and, and, and taking my legs out and giving me a hard time all the time. And then she joined my assisting team on the facility. Mm. And towards the end of her term on, on staff, I mean, her, her term working with me, uh, while we were still in the World Trade Center, she we were leaving at the same time, and she said, you know what? Now you're the brother I always wished, I always wanted to, always wished that I had. Mm. And she said that made me cry. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because after stealing the money and I gave her permission to say all of that without, without judging her, she knows the only way that was going to happen is because I, I, Landmark wants to train me in something. That was not going to happen otherwise. And so that that was the last argument. That's the last disagreement we had, the last argument that we ever had to this day, September twenty second, two thousand. Mm. Okay, so I wanted to give you the world of the problems of miscommunication in relationships. I just did. Now we're gonna cut. So now we're gonna deal with the solutions. Ready? Uh huh. The key to effective communication is to make and keep agreements. So I created something that I call the anatomy of relationship agreements. There's an anatomy to making agreements in relationships. So you're going to get it. There's five parts. So there is the areas of agreements. Then next there is the areas of impact. And then there is the level of impact in those areas. Then there is the negotiation style, your style of negotiating. And then there's a level of workability of the agreement. This is not a a landmark course, believe me. (laughs) I know Say it again. Sound like it. It sounds like it's a landmark course. Mm-hmm. Messing with me. Okay, got it. Yeah, it sounds like a level of workability. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, uh, well, well, maybe that statement, but not this, not this program. You know? All right. So, first, we're going to talk about the areas of agreement. The anatomy of a relationship agreement. The areas of agreement. So, everything is up for negotiation. Everything. Everything needs to have an agreement. Anything y'all talk about that you have to depend on one or the other for or both needs to be agreement. Uh, this also means that everything needs to become an agreement. Uh, everything is up for negotiation. Often people assume their partner wants or thinks the same way as they do. Not true. Everything humans do in terms of interacting with each other works best when there's an agreement in place. In our everyday life, outside of our relationships, there are agreements driving corporate entities, social etiquette, real estate values, etc. 
So here's some of the areas for a negotiated agreement. And you're going to get this list. I'm not going to read the whole thing because there's a lot of stuff on this list here. But uh, finances, sex, self-expression, family interactions, home life, shopping. Okay, okay, okay. Not all that. But let's go. But let's since it's a relationship thing. What is the agreement with sex? Well, um, well, it depends on the two people involved, of course. But you want to get a sense of like how often you both want to have sex. You want to figure out what's the what's the right what's a fair amount or workable amount of sex. Um, you know, under what conditions does it not work to have sex? For example, could be another thing. Uh, you know, that would be a starter. I would say. Um, you know, leading. I don't know if you want to have a conversation about that, but you could. Leading. You know. Leading that, leading the activity. Who's starting? Oh, lead. Who's, okay. Lead. Uh, L E A D. So, um, I don't know if sex has as many agreements as say home life, but you know that's an area where you could look at, you know, your life. Well, at yeah, least I, I recommend mean, I could, it. Yeah, get it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, see, see, remember I talk about the space in between called the relationship, right? Because you, you're a part of the space in between. Mm-hmm. The space, the space in between, gets created because you both have these all these unique goals, desires, aspirations, skill sets, needs, and so you end up working together so that you can have that working. You can do it quick or you can do it slow. But you're going to do it eventually anyhow. You either do it till you get it all handled or you do it until you realize it ain't never going to get handled because it ain't possible and then you leave. Yeah. But you work your way through all of your challenging areas until you get it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, when you see the list, you know, you'll notice that, you know, they, this list is pretty long, So, but it's not infinite. So you might see some new stuff come up for you. Oh, excuse me. You might see some new stuff come up for you that should be on this list. So you might want to keep this list handy, even though you probably won't need it for a while. Like, there's a lot of stuff on this list. It covers most of life. But, you know, with the guy you're with, you might be needing it to be, um, add one or two or three more things to it, but not necessarily. So. All right, next. The areas of impact. So let me say what that means. Uh, so the areas of impact means to consider what your partner wants. This means think about your partner from the following perspectives. So keep this in mind when you're negotiating for an agreement. Um, you want to Keep in mind the, the gender differences and and your partner's specific needs. So, for example, you know, I, if I'm negotiating with you, I need to make sure that whatever I'm going to do is going to have you present to being safe or being secure. Yeah. You know, if I fall down on a job like that, I'm going to get hurt at the same time. It's just not going to work. So, anyhow, um, so there's 
you know, and then you need to be taking care of him to make sure he feels successful around you. Um, then there's what type of skill level does this person have in this agreement to, in order to maintain this agreement? Uh, how much is this a, 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 a form of self-expression or happiness for this person, this agreement we're trying to make? Okay, so that's the that's level, the, the level of disagreement? No, no, that's the, the areas of agreement. The areas that the agreement is going to impact. The levels is the next one, levels of agreement. So how so, does skill level have to do with the areas of impact? Because if a person isn't good at an, is, is, is an agreement that you're making with them, uh-huh. it's, it's going to affect how well they're able to operate in that area. Right? And so are they going to feel free and, and uh, free and at ease in that area? Or are they going to have to go do extra work that they didn't want to do later? Um, is, that, is that their lack of skill or knowledge going to keep them from being able to keep maintain the agreement? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Okay. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you said it because I have someone who wants to go into an agreement with me to run the cafe, right? And I don't think he has the skill levels to know when it comes to food service. So he wants to go into an agreement with me, and I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to go in agreement with you because you don't know the type of labor the time and the amount of energy, meaning financial energy, is going to take to produce the type of results that you're looking for. Yeah. So I'm very, uh, I'm I'm very kind of cautious in making it to go into an agreement with him. Yes. Because you don't know how he's going to impact those areas. So, you know, to be more specific about this, the difference between the area of impact and the level of impact. So, um, racism is an area of impact in this country, in the world. But how deep is the impact? Deep. Yeah, but see, it depends on where you're at. So in Harlem, yeah, it's deep. But in Alabama, it's deeper. Deeper, yeah. (laughs) Right? And so, you know, knowing the area of impact called prejudice and then recognizing, you know, how much of an impact, you know, it's going to have two different things. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So there's a list here of areas of impact. Um mm-hmm. Who's in charge of what and when? And how does the agreements affect who's in charge of what and when? Areas of impact could be time availability, money, mm-hmm. necessity. Is it practical or useful? Like that. Mm-hmm. Skill level is just one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this list, I say, will give you a holographic view of your partner's needs as well as your own. So you need to really uh, see how it will affect 
um, you know, their their uh, areas of agreement. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's not saying how much it's affecting it. It's talking about what is it affecting. That's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. I want to read that. Uh, I'm just checking this out here. Okay, yeah, I'm going to read this piece though. So last last paragraph before we get to the next section. All right, so this list that I just read to you will give you a holographic view of your partner's needs as well as your own. You won't need to include everything in um, everything on this list. Um, uh, everything on this list uh, most of the time, but you do need to be aware of them whenever you're negotiating or creating agreements with your partner. Also, this is the part that I really wanted to read. Also, when negotiating. Consider negotiating fundamentally rather than on an individual basis. Um, in other words, let your negotiation and, ex- and expression of um, okay, before I lost that. All right. In other words, let your negotiation and agreements open your eyes to more and better ways to make uh, agreements. I don't know what I, what that other thing was. All right, so so um, by the way, I'm wearing one contact lens. I'm going to get contact lens later on this week. But right now, I got one, so I just kind of had a problem with that. Sorry about that. Um, bottom line is you just need to know what areas need to get taken care of. And then once you recognize what area needs to get taken care of, then you can start looking at how much does that area need to get taken care of, which would be the level of impact. So let me talk about that real quick. If you cannot tell whose emotions are highest when it comes time to create an agreement, you're setting yourself up, your partner, and your relationship for trouble. You won't know the impact. Say it again. If you cannot tell whose emotion is the highest. Yes. When it comes time to create an agreement. When you say the highest, meaning the highest positive emotion or negative emotion? Doesn't matter. Strongest as in it is. It doesn't matter right. negative that don't want to be in the relationship or strong as who wants to be in the relationship. It could be that. It could be, I don't want to negotiate. I don't want to talk about doing the dishes. It could be, you know, I drive all the time. I'm tired of driving. <laughs> it could be, oh, I can't wait till we get that cake for, for, our, for our wedding anniversary. Whatever. I mean, you saw driving this Daisy, right? Yeah, you told me. Right? Miss Daisy was, was a bitch on a motorcycle. Oh, my God. But Hulk, his emotions were stronger than hers because he ended up winning out with her in the end. But it took her 20-something years to get, get the damn memo. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right. Let me start that again. If you cannot tell whose emotions are highest, whose emotions are strongest, 
when it comes time to create an agreement, you're setting yourself up, your partner, and a relationship for trouble. You won't know the impact your ways of being and acting, um, attitudes, or timing will have on your partner. Um, yeah, you won't know the impact of your ways of being and having will have until it's too late. If you don't monitor the impact of your actions, attitudes, or timing on your partner, when it becomes obvious some agreement needs to be created, or worse, um, you become momentarily lazy, disinterested, or blind, and don't even bother to check in with your partner's level of need, whether they have the experience of being taken care of or not, or they're not emotionally, um, they're not emotionally, energetically, or intellectually prepared to negotiate clearly. I'm going to have to read that again. 20 years from now, they'll remember feeling that you didn't take care of them or their feelings, even if they don't remember what you said or did. So if you're not really clued in to their feelings, their emotions, their needs, when you're doing the negotiating, if you don't recognize that what you're asking them to do is causing a setup right then and there, then you're asking for trouble. I don't get that. All right. You're mad at me. I'm trying to negotiate something, though. If I ain't paying attention to the fact that you're mad at me and that, and that might be keeping you from really being fully engaged in this conversation, we ain't going to no, have no agreement. And not only will we not have an agreement, the chances are uh, you won't want to even agree and negotiate with me for a while. I ain't talking to you. Fuck that. <laughs> not you, but anybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, I'm not taking it, if I'm not taking it into consideration, I want you to do this even though it's going to be a lot harder for you to do this than anything else you're doing right now. You got to be present to that and deal with that, you know? Because you might need to spend more time driving around because you got to come pick me up now. I mean, before, I could just pick myself up from the store. You know what I'm saying? So so Mm -hmm. you want to be present to... How is this person feeling in relationship to, um, you know, your negotiated agreement? How are you feeling around um, what's it going to take? Like how much work needs to go into making this agreement work? That's the areas, that's the level of impact. How much work do I got to do in order to make this agreement work? Area for, areas of agreement is where that over there we need to make an agreement. Impact of agreement is how hard do I got to work to make that agreement? That's the simplest way for me to be able to say it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was I was I was thinking more in line of um, not that like you know um. Not that, because that is so, you know, so um, it's 
you know, somebody's upset and they're not, you're trying to come to the agreement and you see that flag so in your face. I'm talking about the one that is not so in your face. Yeah. You know, they'll have the ones who are covert, who's very quiet, they don't speak much. How do you get them to speak and get interested, you know, in that to say, well, okay, are you interested in this or not? You no, know, kind of way like, yeah, not the big, you know, we are, we, we in an argument or whatever. Not yes. that one. That one is like fire, you know, throw some water on it. I'm yes. talking about the one who just seems to just be there, don't say nothing, don't rough no feathers, and you want to come up with some kind of agreement that has to move this together, right? Yeah. That's the area that needs the most, uh, um, the most work to see who has the strongest emotion. Is it the one who is, 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 is able to confront the relationship and say, hey, we need to discuss this. We need to come to some kind of agreement here or end this. Is that the one with the strongest emotion or the one who's saying, well, you know, if you want to or not, it's fine with me. If you want to go, go. If not, like, really, who is the one with the strongest emotion? Excellent. Um, you see what I'm saying? Because Yes, yeah, sure, sure. It's like, so, so, so here's what has to happen. In this area, this is where miscommunication comes in. You're actually talking about a form of miscommunication called um, being a wet noodle. You remember what the wet noodle is? They say in network marketing, you can't push a wet noodle, right? Because, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the front will, be move, will move, but but only the part you push will move. It ain't moving on its own, right? So in the areas of gender differences, managing emotions, and dealing with breakdowns, that's where you take the time to be able to create an alignment with your partner if there's one of those um, passive, passive-aggressive, passive you know, I ain't saying nothing, but I ain't doing nothing either. You know what I mean? Yeah, the passive, right, those one, yeah. Yeah, you know, and then again, you know, you could also, you know, you also could, um, how do I say um, not not negotiate with him, or you could just get out the relationship because this guy's not going to negotiate with you, and that's not going to work. You can leave him alone till later. You know, you can inspire them. You can make it easy. You, you know, one of the things is to make it easy to say yes and hard to say no. It's called persuasion. But before we even go there, uh, what you want to be able to do is encourage, enroll him in negotiating with you, creating agreements. And sometimes somebody is like that, they're like that because they don't feel safe around you. And maybe they don't feel safe around you because they don't feel safe around you. And maybe they don't feel safe around you because they don't feel safe around nobody and you just have to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. Um, Overall, but um, yeah, you have to work them. If they're non-communicators, then that's something that's got to get handled before you get to the stage. Right, because well, how are you going to get to the agreement? They're like, well, you know, uh, we'll get <laughs> yeah, you could do that a few times, but not permanent. Like they're not going to keep jerking you around with that because that that doesn't work. The relationship won't work. Forget about anything else. It ain't even whether you like it or not, you know? So. So you said the way to deal with a passive-aggressive is, what did you say? Um, 
you know, you got to you got to go back to the emotions, the gender differences, mm-hmm. and get them uh, aligned with um, get them aligned with with um, with working with you from an emotional standpoint. That that because otherwise they they probably don't trust that you're going to make sense or that they feel comfortable. Well, you know, if they're if they're a non-talker, maybe it's because they don't feel like they can say what they want to say and be safe with that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I got for you. Okay. The impact the impact is a big deal, you know? It is. I get it. All right. So, um, yeah, bottom line with the impact is um, there's areas of impact and there's level of the impact. It's what we're going to impact and then how much is that what going to be impacted? What's it going to take? So, um you want to be listening for that. Oh. Thank you. I made it in the shrimp, but I took the shrimp out. Thank you. I let it cool off. I got the meal over here. All right. Next. Style of negotiation, which is kind of what you were talking about, but not really. Kind of. It's a portion of it. So this aspect of making agreements, the style of negotiation, needs you to be at least two-headed about it. Um. You must be about, you must be yourself, authentic, and at the same time, you must be about creating agreements that work for everyone. So, in terms of you being true to yourself, you can be funny, matter of fact, savvy, or intentional. But, um, but you shouldn't, um, let me say, you shouldn't be any way that throws your partner off. Don't be a jerk, in other words. Um, yeah, you, you want to be a way that um, makes your partner feel empowered in negotiating with you. For instance? You know, um, if your partner likes your personality when you're laughing and you're being silly, maybe you could bring a little bit of that to the meeting. But you should be who you are when you're doing the negotiating. So when you're doing a negotiation, you're being yourself. You know, you can be a matter of fact. You can be funny. You know, you can be strong. You know, wherever you normally, naturally are. Don't change who you are. Be who you are or be more of who you are. Um, and, you know, you can just have a decent regular conversation. That's all right, too, you know. But you just want to be responsible for how you're negotiating because if you're negotiating with somebody who's, you know, withholding, shy type, then, um, you know, you got to try to figure out how to get this person to cooperate with you. Mm. So you might have some work to do, you know. (laughs) Mm. Well, you don't got to worry about it so much now. You have to worry about a lot more when you finally do get married. But hopefully you worked a lot of that stuff out, and then you also called Tony to see what's up with that. 
Okay. Good. All right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so um, uh, your style should be colored by your intention and commitment. Leave them better than you found them. If that's your context for your negotiating style, that's awesome. Um, Be straight, but be kind. And do your best to not take anything out of your emotional bank account when you're negotiating. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, good. All right, last. I call it the level of workability, but it probably should be something else. Knock it up. Oh, jeez. Yeah, all right. All right, so um, level of workability. So what, the, what the, this means, do you know how to create agreements that work? Creating agreements that work include the following. Integrity, responsibility, workability, and stability. Stableness, stability. I'll tell you about this in a minute. Integrity means making sure that what was agreed on is what happens. You know, um, if you mean you was going to a store, uh, never mind. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, integrity. It's just you got to keep your word and what you're going to do. And you get to have, have an agreement that allows you to keep your word. Make sense? That's simple enough, right? Mm-hmm. Next, responsibility. You got to do your parts. Do the parts of the agreement you said you would. And if you have to, even support your partner in doing their part as well. Well, you're responsible for the agreement. If you take on your responsible for the agreement, that'll work big time. Next, workability. The agreement doesn't have any holes or back doors in it. The agreement doesn't have any holes or back doors in it. In, in addition, one, let me see here, hold on a second. Well, in addition, it doesn't need adjustments. It doesn't need them very often. So you make a, a an agreement that doesn't have any holes in it. It doesn't have any excuses in it. it does anything beyond solid. Mm. That makes sense? Uh-huh. Okay, good. Second. All right. Now, the last piece. Um, the last piece is called um, stability. So you got integrity. It works fundamentally. Responsible. Responsibility. You bring in responsibility to your part of the agreement, and you're supporting your partner and being responsible in this. Workability. Just the... Uh, the, the agreement is wholly complete, functional. And then um, number 12, that is, um, okay, um, <laughs> stability. It, uh, you need to be able to build upon 
um, as new agreements are, are, are needed in the future. So, in other words, you create a, a, an agreement that's so stable, you could build another agreement on it. Like, you don't have to adjust the first agreement in order to make the second agreement, and they can support each other. Hmm. So what that would, could look like on the court is... Um, You cook three nights a week, he cooks three nights a week, you'll eat out once. And then, yeah. right, that could be one, right? And then another agreement that would, that would be in line with that could be how often you shop for groceries. One week he shop for groceries, the next week you shop for groceries. Could be. Yeah. You know, because... because He's going to be buying clothes, uh, food, you know, that support his three days of cooking. And you'll be shopping the next week, buy food that mostly supports your style of cooking, should you decide to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh. No, I'm just nothing. Just thinking. What you think? I'm just thinking. I'm, th- I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm thinking the first agreement that we have to have is: Are we agreeing to be in a relationship? You know, that's going to lead to a mm. marriage. That's the first yes. agreement. That's the first yep. agreement. Yeah. From there, we can agree on these other things. If that's not the agreement, then it's like it, all this other stuff doesn't even need to even come up. Don't even make sense. That's the first agreement. So if the first agreement is no, I don't want to get married right now. We can see each other. Then it's like that's a different type of agreement. And if it is that yes, I want to get married, and we'll do this, and we'll build upon it, and it leads to that then that's a different agreement because then now it has to be whereas, okay, when we see each other, you know, like that, you know, you know, I would do house chores and stuff. I'll come over once a week or twice a week. I'll clean, you know, whatever, you know? Yep. Um, Like that, I think that's the first agreement is what is this, what is this, what is this relationship? Yeah. And the second agreement is your relationship charter. Yeah. That's your second agreement. So, so. Right, when you, let me tell you something. When you do that relationship charter, you cover just about everything. Like, you made it so easy to make agreements from that point forward, it's not even funny. Yeah. Because you know each other so well, you know what you're committed to, you're going in a certain direction. That's, that's foundationally stable enough for you to be able to build almost every other agreement you have on top of it. Right. So I think once we do that, then we can have these other, then it's, this space opens for these other conversations. Well, the yeah. initial agreement is, is this a relationship that's going to lead to marriage or yeah. not? Yep. So I'm going to have to be the one with the stronger emotions yeah. <laughs> to say, let's have this conversation because he's not going to bring it up. Yeah. So we yeah. have to bring it up, you know what I mean? So I'm going to have to be the one, okay, we need to just discuss this, you know, and let's be done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So um, that's it. That's the end of the session. All right. 
You know, it's interesting because this is communication, but this is a different form of communication. This is not communication landmark, and I'm pretty sure this is not communication climatology. No. It's communication relationships, you know? Yeah. I thought about yeah. all the relationships. I thought about all the relationships I was in, and like, anytime this stuff was working, the relationship was working. Anytime this stuff was not working, the relationship was not working. Yeah. You know, anytime you make a relationship, an agreement in a relationship, and it's based off of another agreement that doesn't work, then neither of the two agreements are going to work, and you got nothing. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Anything you want to say about um, the session? Great session is just I I um is just really getting up my own confront and looking like what you said that the reason why he doesn't talk is because he's a, either uh he's afraid or he's not feel safe enough to have the conversation with me, and it's been my expectation that he's he's very vocal he can say whatever but maybe he. I don't know. I think there's some fear there because you probably feel that if he tells me that this relationship is not leading to marriage, I'd be like, peace out, my brother. You don't want to cut that off. You know what I mean? He wants his cake and eat it too, right? Mm-hmm. He wants his cake and eat it too until he finds someone. Then he'd be like, oh, you know what? It's not what I want, right? Because yeah. you know if he mentioned something like me, he'd be like, peace out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Put, don't mm-hmm. let the door it. So, and then and for my own self, it's kind of like, if he say this to me, then I'm going to be like, peace out. Like, that's it. Then I'm finito. Right, yeah. so I think we both have some of that. That you know, so I think that's what it. I think that's the thing that had him not really say whatever it is, mm-hmm. and for me not actually ask him. You know, because I remember mm-hmm. one time we did have a conversation. He said, "Ask me whatever you want to ask me." You know, mm-hmm. and we're just talking like he said, "Ask me whatever you want to ask me." Let's talk. You know, mm-hmm. but we don't get those moments like before, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to have to just create. I have to know. See, I feel like I, I, well, I can't do the work, you know. You got to mm-hmm. create the space to say, you know, you had asked me before. Ask me anything you want to ask me. I'm going to say that to him. And he's like, yeah. I think that the one thing I want to ask you, and I didn't at the time, so I had the courage enough to ask because I didn't want to lose you at that point. I just came back from L.A., you know. Yeah. So, um. And I didn't ask you, but that has been the burning question for me to ask you. And it's the thing that I keep, I withhold some of myself from you, mm. right? Because I have a strong sense that the answer may not be the answer that I want to hear. But yeah. I'm ready for change in my life, you know, I'm ready to move on with my life and create yeah. the life that I want. And this is the one area that I'm not creating on, right? And if mm. all the dynamics are not handled, it collapses the other dynamics. Yeah. Right? So my second dynamics is not handled. My first dynamics is, you know, it's handling itself, right? I'm eating healthy and doing all that stuff. But the second dynamic is not being handled. And that's the two dynamics for me that's been almost most of the time is my first and second. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I can't get to the spiritual dynamic fast enough when my first and my second is out. So, you know. So uh, I guess I can I can talk to him from that context there. And he can be like, okay, you know what I mean? What does he want to ask me? You know, I'm going to say. And then shut up and hear what he have to say. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Like, you know, it's kind of like, 
dealing with that pain that you don't want to address, like, oh, you know. Yeah. But it's, I think it's the best thing for me to get past so that I can have what I want. You know, okay. I can open and the space to have the man to come into my life that wants to be with me. You know what I mean? And yes. he wants me for just as I am, you know, going to give me my space, you know, and he's going to be there when I am, he needs to be there. But I just, you know, I just flow well with me. So I have to, like, you know, close this door and open a new one or leave this door open and continue to work on it if that's what you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so that's where I'm at, and that's what has to be done, and it has to be done by the end of the week. Why by the end of the week? Huh? So why? Because I'm not going to drag it on past this week. I'm going back in session, and um, I just want to get it handled. I'm going back in session on Wednesday. So okay. I would like to have it handled by the time I go back in session. So, you know, because okay. it's going to come up in my session. So I need to just, it's going to be lingering in my thoughts, you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. can't go in session with things lingering, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to have to address it. So by Wednesday, I will definitely get in calm with him and have a conversation with him regarding it, you know, mm-hmm. because this is time for change. I'm ready to change. Okay. So, so that's where I'm at. All right, cool. Very, very cool. All right. Okay, okay. So when do you want to have uh, your last session? Because last session is going to be fairly short. Um, uh, last session? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last session. It's going to be uh-huh, deep, but it's going to be short. Okay. Um, well, i got to talk to him. I also got to do my own personal stuff for myself. Yeah. And um, I know we're supposed to do my admin skill. All right, so let's do next Monday. Okay. Yeah. So I have I'm a whole week to get it done. Yes, you do. You will. Okay, I'm going to go. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, what I, the last thing I want to say about this particular session is that um, I want you to realize I want you to think about when you're doing this stuff, how all five of these categories constantly bump up against each other. I mean, it's so many times where, you know, you're having a communication problem, but it's, but it's based off of a misunderstanding of gender differences, and it's an emotional stuff, you know, and it's breakdowns. All, all three of those is in the way of having the communication work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want you to, like, think about it from that perspective, that this is um, how, if you look at all the problems that are going to happen in a relationship, it's going to be in one of these five areas. It's just going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, you might have all five of these problems, all five uh, problem areas going on at the same time, so you need to be able to manage it. Like, never stop looking at the emotions. Never stop paying attention to the impact the breakdown is having. Life is empty and meaningless, and it's empty and meaningless that is empty and meaningless, but that don't mean we ain't bringing no meaning to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, um, you know having the uh, personal life chart is going to help you to know yourself and then help you with your partner to know themselves so well that half mm-hmm. the disagreements you're going to have would, that you would have would disappear just because you've got that so flat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah, the problem with relationships for people is that it seems so complicated. The reason why it seems so complicated is because you can't identify the problem 
Because most problems are three or four problems all at the same time. Not like there's so many problems in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let me say that again because I never said it that way before. The problem with relationships is that um, you have so many things going on in a problem. It's not that the it's not that relationships so much has so many problems. That not that relationships have so many challenges in it. It's not that complicated. You just need to know what's going on, so you can keep it simple, and get back to the love. Yep. So, um, I want to keep you present to that. So, all right, and I am. I declare myself complete. Um, hang on a minute though, because I want to. Um, I want to say something real quick, but I don't want to be on recording. So, um, hold on a second. I'm about to hit record. I'll be hit end. Come on now. Come on. Huh? It's all it takes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wouldn't want to just drop out to this. I wonder if Akil still play cards. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Not much. He was actually pretty good at playing poker. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, for a little while. I remember... I remember when our men's team went to meet him, and he 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 was the biggest winner in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. Man. Friday night poker. He's the man over there. Right, hang on a second. Second. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.